0: Welcome to another American Bankruptcy Institute podcast. I'm Sam Giordano, ABI Executive Director. The 10th anniversary of the 2005 amendments to the Bankruptcy Code is upon us. It's a natural occasion to study its impact and reflect on whether it has achieved the goals put forth by Congress. While BAPSEPA certainly changed the landscape for consumer debtors, the law also made important changes to the Chapter 11 process changes worth measuring. The current summer 2015 issue of the ABI Law Review contains a thoughtful article that empirically examines and quantifies the effect of BAP-SEPA on three distinct but related aspects of the Chapter 11 process: First, the duration of traditional Chapter 11 cases; second, the use of prepackaged and pre-negotiated bankruptcies; and third, debtor refiling rates. With me to discuss is the article's author, Fotina Tilloni, a native of Greece where she is also admitted to practice. Fay practices in the area of insolvency and restructuring at Sherman and Sterling in New York. She was an adjunct professor and doctoral fellow at Fordham University Law School where she earned both an SJD, Doctor of Juridical Science, and an LLM. Her dissertation on bankruptcy's effects was published in the American Bankruptcy Law Journal in 2014 and nominated to the American College of Bankruptcy for the Distinguished Law Student's Prize. Welcome Faye to ABI Podcast.
1: Hello, thank you very much for having me.
0: So, in summary, let's start by having you explain your study and the findings in each of these three key areas and why it's important.
1: As you mentioned before, uh, in my article, I use multivariate regression models in order to examine empirically and quantify uh, Babsipa's effect on three different aspects of the chapter 11 process. So I examined um, Babsipa's effect on uh, chapter 11 duration, on the use of pre cases, and by this I mean both prepackaged and pre-negotiated bankruptcies, as well as on data refiling rates. And the sample that I studied consisted of large public companies that had both filed for and exited Chapter 11 between 1997 and 2014. So it means that I had data before the enactment of the 2005 amendments and after the enactment of the 2005 amendments. Right. So the results of my study indicate that um, the 2005 amendments did fulfill a long-standing desire of having shorter Chapter 11 reorganization cases. And indeed, from a simple inspection of the averages, we see that uh, after the enactment of the 2005 amendments, uh, Chapter 11 cases tend to be resolved within 261 days, while before the enactment of the 2005 Amendment, Chapter 11 cases would be resolved within an average of 480 days. We also observe an increase in the proportion of debtors that um, undergo a pre-planned case, pre-packaged or pre-negotiated case. And uh, we see that after the enactment of the 2005 amendment, the proportion is 58%, uh, while in the pre-BAPSIPA period, the corresponding proportion was 35%. Mm-hmm. Uh, to test more Rigorously, these results I also used multivariate regression models in which I controlled for various factors, including the company's prefiling financial uh, profile. Uh, for example, prefiling liquidity, profitability, leverage. And even after controlling for these factors, PAP remains statistically significant, uh, correlated, uh, correlated at a statistically significant level uh, with shorter chapter 11 duration and more pre planned cases. Um, however, my, result, my studies also indicate troubling results. It seems that after the 2005 amendments, the proportion of debtors that had to refile for bankruptcy soon after exiting their previous filing uh, increased. So we see that after the enactment of the 2005 amendments, 48% of the debtors of the sample studied had to refile for bankruptcy within five years. Uh, since the previous emergence while the corresponding proportion for the period before the enactment of the 2005 was um, 18%. Again, these are only averages and in order to um, more rigorously test these results again, I use a multivariate regression model in which I control for the company's post-emergence financial profile, post-emergence liquidity, profitability and leverage. And BAPSIPA, um, after controlling f- for all of these factors, BAPSIPA remained uh, correlated at a statistically significant level with a higher uh, refining rate. And my explanation for this is that uh, the 2005 amendments have forced the debtor to exit Chapter 11 quickly, mm-hmm. um, have forced the debtor to ignore operational and structural, prob- structural right. problems, in order exactly to be able to exit bankruptcy quickly. And therefore, um, the data the now doesn't have um, the time necessary to effectuate these changes and from its Eleven proceedings as a truly healthy and rehabilitated company. Right.
0: Well, all of those um, findings, uh, not surprisingly perhaps, um, were also evidenced in the uh, many of the field hearings held by the uh, commission to study the reform of Chapter 11, um, where uh, various witnesses uh, from uh, from judges to practitioners to those involved in uh, financial restructuring of, of troubled companies uh, said much the same thing. Um, uh, not surprisingly, uh, so. Based on, based on your findings, can you uh, draw some conclusions or form an opinion about whether uh, BAPSIPA has uh, worked as intended or has it had perhaps a unintended adverse effect on the ability to successfully reorganize?
1: Well, uh, I think that BAPSIPA is not in line with Chapter 11 traditional goal. I think Chapter 11's traditional goal was to allow companies to emerge from their Chapter 11 proceedings, healthy, rehabilitated um, and uh, back on track to continue uh, operating uh, as healthy companies for a great number of years. Mm-hmm. And I think that the 2005 amendments uh, what they did and that's my study so they don't give the debtor the breathing time necessary to formulate a viable reorganization plan. They don't give the debtor enough time to um, address operational and structural problems and emerge as a truly healthy company. Because if the debtor has the time to address its operational and structural problems, then it is less vulnerable in a subsequent bankruptcy filing. I think that now mostly the data has the time that is necessary to effectuate just the deliberating of its balance. It's nothing more than that. So when uh, we have companies that exit bankruptcy only to refile some time later, maybe we cannot talk about the successful Chapter 11 uh, proceeding. So um, we should be i think considering reform of chapter 11 process maybe not an overhaul of a chapter 11 process but certain amendments mm-hmm. to make chapter 11 more aligned to its traditional goal which was a rehabilitation of companies um again uh, i'm thinking on formulating policy conclusions but at an initial stage i could say what i could say is that i think that lengthening the time frame uh, within which the data um, has to decide within with, within I'm sorry, with the dator uh, has to decide whether it leases to assume or reject or lengthening the plan exclusivity period could be uh, steps towards the right direction. Right.
0: Right. One area you identified for further study uh, in your paper is the uh, so called quick sale model of reorganization an area the commission uh, was certainly focused on. You concluded in your in your article, um, the question finally begged is, in what shape does the debtor really exit bankruptcy? Contrary to what was happening in the past where the distressed company would ap- enter Chapter 11 and stay there as long as necessary to sort out its financial affairs and effectuate an operational restructuring, Now companies rush out of bankruptcy having merely reduced their debt without addressing core operational issues. BAPSIPA seems to have only exacerbated this trend as evidenced by the fact that a positive and statistically significant relationship was observed between the 2005 enactment and the debtors refiling rates. Therefore you conclude while speedy and low-cost bankruptcies are a positive development one cannot ignore the risk of repeated filing associated with them. So to, to that end, um, again, consistent with a lot of the testimony that the uh, commission heard, uh, the commission ended up recommending uh, was, is, in essence, a 60-day moratorium on 363 sales of all or substantially all of the debtor's assets. As part of a new uh, Section Three Sixty Three X regime, so I want to ask you to to comment on the recommendation because I know it's an area that you you want to, as a scholar, engage in in, in empirical study. But but um, maybe just get you to comment on um, the uh, uh, suggestion or the approach that. Um, 363 sales can sometimes um, force um, a process through faster than is consistent with maximizing value for the debtor and its stakeholders. In the sense that in an expedited sale process, many creditors might be unable to effectively evaluate the sale because they don't get either sufficient notice or information regarding the sale, or it might prejudice creditors by potentially eliminating um, recoveries that might be uh, yielded for unsecured creditors, may include third-party releases or discharges that, that impact the parties or, properly, uh, uh, or would be property available potentially to pay creditor claims. That, that, was, that was what the commission heard, and so that is, uh, in short, um, the basis for the idea of the idea of a moratorium.
1: That's an extremely important point that uh, the Commission made. Uh, and 363B um, sales, by definition, are fast. And when we do them too fast, then all of these uh, problems can arise. Uh, as you said, this is um, uh, where I currently focus my research on. Mm-hmm. After two, my initial results at least really suggest that after 2005 amendments, after the enactment of the 2005 amendments, the same way we observed shorter Chapter 11 duration, the same, the same way I, um, I observe, as I said again initially, um, shorter 363B sales. What I mean by this is that uh, my data set shows that fewer days now come between the filing of a Chapter 11 case and the entry of a sale order. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the question that comes up is, if we have even faster 363b sales, what happens with the 363b sale prices? Uh, does the debtor, because of the lack of enough time, does a, is the debtor forced to accept a depressed sales price? And if the debtor accept a depressed sales price, this right. of course translates to lower recoveries uh, for creditors.
0: Right. I mean, admittedly, there might be reasons to have an expedited process, right? I mean, um, uh, if there's a high likelihood that the value of the debtor's assets will decrease significantly during the moratorium or that the uh, sale price, um, you know, satisfies other requirements um, governing 363 sales. So there, you know, there are and and should be um, opportunities to uh, to move quickly uh, when the need arises. But in general, the idea, I think, is that um, more notice to creditors um, and consistent with better uh, protections uh, for the estate would produce um, not only a better price, but also might address um, some of the uh, solving of the core operational issues that, that you find um, may not um, may not be solved in a truncated Chapter 11 process.
1: Exactly. Definitely, this this will be considered and must be considered on an ad hoc basis. Uh, As a general matter, I think these are all issues that we should uh, take into consideration and see whether uh, we can make things better both for the debtor and for the creditors. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, obviously, uh, we look forward to... uh, more study in that area, particularly as uh, Congress and the courts, for that matter, uh, continue to uh, look at um, 363 sales as uh, a way to uh, reform the law going forward. And we look forward to uh, your further uh, contributions to that area. So, thank you, Faye, uh, for those comments. And as I said, we look forward to continuing the dialogue particularly on whether the commission recommendations in particular might better balance the goals of Chapter 11. So thank you very much for joining us, Faye. Thank you very much. And that's our podcast for today. We thank our listeners as always. You can find more than 160 podcasts at our website. Go to abi.org newsroom podcasts. Until next time, This is Sam Giordano saying good day.